the Sports Career Podcast, episode 208. How can being creative support you when starting a career in the sports industry? Sports Achiever and welcome to another episode of the Sports Crib Podcast. I'm your host Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in a particular field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest with regards to marketing. I really do hope this episode can support you with regards to your sports career development, interests and needs. Before I talk about this week's special guest, very recently I've been getting messages on social media and a few emails about the equipment I use with regards to my podcast show. So what I wanted just to say in this podcast is, because it's all about marketing and creating content this podcast episode, if you head to education2sport forward slash resource page, there is a list of all the tools, equipment and softwares I use to run this podcast show. So I hope you find it helpful. Head to that link, education2sport forward slash resource page, and I hope you find it helpful. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Lizzie Hamer. Lizzie is the Regional Creative Director, Octagon, where she specialises with the creative team with Octagon's campaigns, which is all about really elevating and getting the attention with regards to their campaigns in the sports industry and entertainment sector. Also, she is a contributor to a book called Creative Superpowers, which is a brilliant book. It's definitely worth the read, and she will explain her chapter during this podcast. For that reason, it's brilliant to have Lizzie as a special guest on the show, and that's when today's episode, Lizzie will share her sports career journey and explain to you how you can be more creative when starting a career in the sports industry. Lizzie, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast show. Please do share to listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start? Thanks for having me, Ed. Um, it's great to be here. My sports journey has been quite a fun one. Um, I've always kind of played in this world of art and sport. And for me to have the worlds collide has been perfect. So played a lot of hockey as a kid was a lifeguard in Greece, was a soccer coach in the States, and then decided to get a degree, mainly because my mum needed me to. Problem was, is I went and got an art degree. That'll show her. Um, So as a graphic designer, uh, it gave me, opened my eyes to communications world, and I fell in love with it. I love creativity, and not just what you can communicate, but how you can look at every problem with a creative point of view. So... Went off to Australia, did really enjoyed being an art director, a creative, coming up loads of ideas. Um, my adventures t- did take me to Asia, and that's where I bumped into Octagon. Had never kind of heard of Octagon before, sports marketing agency, and met the people there and found it really fascinating. They were looking for more creativity to come into their marketing world. And so, yeah, I kind of tripped over it, bumped into it, walked into it with my eyes wide open so yeah it's amazing to have kind of creativity meet sport 
Wow. Look, I've got to decode this. I'm so sorry, Liz. I've got to go back in time. With regards to your art degree, because this is all about helping students learn how they've applied their studies into the industry, reflect now, how's it supported you? And was your mum right? <laughs> mum's always right. Um, <laughs> Good response. Totally. Uh, she'll probably be the only person that listens to this, so you've got to, you've got to keep her sweet. Um, for me, it is very much about finding your um, your skill set. What is it that you want to be doing? Um, and then how do you apply that to what you're going forward with? So I was very much a creative. I'm a creative thinker. My art degree gave me graphic design skills. So that meant those skills could be used in whatever space I go into. So for me, it's very much about building that skill set, understanding what it is to be a creative, if that's kind of the part you want to be in, and then and kind of honing that before you decide what part of the industry to step into. Just on that note of being creative, like that is today's podcast topic, but just going in depth of what you've just said, a lot of people think, oh, I just want to go into marketing and it's such a broad term, but you have sort of said, no, I actually want to be more creative in that art, graphic design now, really quickly in specifics in sport. How have you seen it sort of have a huge influence in the industry with regards to personal branding for ourselves in the industry, but also in sports like athletes and teams reflecting relating to your journey on that? The communication industry is fascinating. Like I am slightly obsessed with it because I love the influence that it can have on the world. And I'm a big believer that actually marketing creativity can change the world for to be better, to be a space where we can understand each other more. Communications is a way to build empathy between people. If I show you what I believe in and what I stand for and what I do as my personal brand, you get to know a little bit of me. Um, you get to understand the things that kind of I'm keen to show you. Um, and I believe that that can really help everybody. It doesn't matter what part of marketing, creativity, if you're an athlete yourself, you need to have a way that you can show yourself, your real self to the world. And communications is the perfect way to do it. Could you just give one example? Just out, sorry to put you on the spot. It's just what you're saying is so true, but putting a, an example for the listeners, they could see how it's so influential because you're spot on with what you've said. So I'll give you two examples. One from um, a campaign. So we actually worked with Dove and it was for men and their health uh, care, their skincare range, I should say. And they wanted to show that you don't just have to be um, a strong man to be able to kind of care for yourself and to care for others. And we worked with David Pocock, who's this amazing rugby player. Um, he has such um, an incredible sort of level of like values that he puts out for himself. He'd never worked with a brand before because he really, he looks at who he is and he wants to make sure that he's doing right by the world. Now, the lovely part of communications is, is we could go in work with him for a week and a half and really get him to tell his stories, what it is for him to be a man, the things that are hard, what does he love and hate, and what stories does he value. Now, we were literally the privilege of being able to talk to him about this, to make films about it, but then even just the sound bites of what he stands for hopefully can then go into communications that allow other men especially, but other people to understand 
kind of you don't have to be this kind of a white knight on a on a on a journey with like no kinks in the armor. We're all human. We've all got flaws. We all get it wrong, and to be okay with it, but to know kind of when you need to learn or when you need to self reflect or when you need to be kind to the people around you. So how important is like vulnerability? Because I think the best piece of marketing is when we lower our guard, like you said, to tell the real tr- true story. Because really quickly on social media, there's so much noise. Sometimes we don't realize if it's really authentic or not. I hope this makes sense. Like you've got the experience, but I- I'm a bit of a geek of like, that's a really clever campaign because they go more with the feelings and more with the story. So really quickly, how important is storytelling, but also showing that vulnerability at the same time? As a creative person, you are constantly vulnerable because you show ideas to people day in, day out. And every idea that I show is a little bit of me. You just can't get around it because it's my thinking, it's my team, it's the way that the people that have interacted that have driven me to get to this idea. So you start to become very comfortable with being okay with going, I think this is a great idea. I would really like to support these people to make this idea. Um, and so you become very aware of you're giving a bit of yourself to a lot of people and you're constantly getting criticism. Oh, it's right. Oh, it's wrong. Can you change this? Can you move that? So I think when you are creative in this space, you start to understand what it is to feel quite vulnerable and you need to work in a place that gives you support on that. Now, the nice part of it, and I would say good creatives always want to go deeper than the, this is a product and this is how we sell it. They want to go to that human truth. What is it that gets me out of bed in the morning? Or what's the thing that unites me to that value, that brand, that product? And I think that's where sport can be really powerful because there's nobody as nuts as people who are fans. Like you can be the kind of, I love it when people are passionate about something. They, they literally, they can be kind of, the most boring person in the world until you find that one thing that they absolutely love and then they're they're bonkers. And for that, it could be the 90-minute football game, it could be the 10-second run at the Olympics, it could be kind of all of these different sports and passion points. For that moment, you are sitting on the edge of your chair and you're cheering with everybody else who's cheering in that direction. All of a sudden, it's you could be in exactly kind of the same state as the fan in Thailand, as the person in Peru. And that's the bit that I love about sport is that it does bring us all together and it does make you scream and cheer and be bigger than yourself, even if it is for just those brief moments. I find this really interesting. I'm going to pivot the conversation because I want people to learn about different skill sets. You said you were a soccer coach or a football coach in the UK. The reason I'm saying this question is sometimes we have to, in my opinion, I've done different jobs or done different things that really unite my skill set. May I ask from that coaching experience, how has that supported you now at Octagon? Good question. Um, I mean, I can definitely project my voice when I am giving a presentation. Um, What does it do? For me, I lived in America um, and I lived with families for about six months and I spent maybe the maximum three weeks in any one place and I literally lived in American families homes so we would put together the community camp and um, any sort of family that wanted to look after a coach got their kids to go on free and it was beautiful because you were you were invited into somebody's personal space 
you got to see beyond kind of the curtains and the smiles. You got to go into these homes that everybody was so friendly. And again, I stepped into so many different homes because I literally went everywhere from all up and down kind of the coast, from Seattle down to California. And they were so um, welcoming and they wanted to show you the best of their community. And football was the uniter. So this was the reason that I still have too many people on my Facebook profile that call me Coach Lizzie. And it was, it was one summer that my biggest learning from it is human truths. It's about the, the things that connect us all that are kind of really ingrained in us that we kind of, that we love to explore. I find that fascinating. And just looking at other skill sets, what other skills have supported you in the sports industry? And by the way, if you've never heard of Octagon, it's one of the largest agencies. So Lizzie's position is very significant. It's a big role. No, no pressure, Lizzie, but literally a lot of people, you know, would love to know how you've got to the position you're at. And I was wondering what skills have supported you along the way. I do quite a specific job. I look at how you can be creative with the different partnerships, sponsorship assets, the different talent that you can use. Um, and I think the best way to kind of describe what I do is I have a creative mindset. So I look at any problem with a really different lens. And that makes you um, very unique. It gives you a point of difference from everybody else. So I would actually tell everybody to be a bit more creative because it means that you look at things um, with an idea, you are novel, you are entertaining and you're useful. Like it's this, it's the same things that come out time and time again. And after my theory is after the information kind of um, era generation we've gone through, I think creativity is going to be the thing that kind of like makes the difference moving forward um, because we've had this massive digital influx. I think creativity and the way you look at things is going to make a big difference. I'm not sure I've answered your question. <laughs> you have in a way, and it's leading to today's podcast topic. How can the listeners be more creative when starting a career in the sports industry? Like I'm going to paint a picture. A lot of students are graduating. A lot of pe- students are looking to get their foot in the door. How can creativity be one method of being different when they're out there in this big wide world? So first of all, I always go with a bit of a hard hitter and I'm like, know who you are, know what your personal brand is, design it, say what chocolate bar it reflects, think about the car that it is, like go through an exercise of designing you because even if you don't use it in the general public, you'll know a bit more about you and how you strategically want to position yourself, right? And then looking at every opportunity ahead of you, try and have an idea, like um, bad example, and you could never do it today, but straight out of university, I applied for a job in London and I found the agency that I wanted to work for. They weren't hiring. So blood bag at the time, filled it with red paint, said I was A positive and sent it to them and said, you need fresh blood in your creative department. And you could never send that today, but back in those days, it certainly caught a lot of people's attention. And they were like, who is this? Why is this person telling us we need fresh thinking? What's going on? Let's have a chat. Um, so anything that you can do that kind of shows that a bit of your personality, so I am incredibly positive. It kills most people, especially the English. Um, but it 
it was definitely that thing of I'm a positive, I am here to inject new stuff into your thinking, automatically gets attention. And then the other thing to kind of consider content or the pieces that you put out into the world, they either need to be useful or entertaining. And if you can do both, then you're laughing. But what purpose are you are you giving to that person who's going to give you the job or how are you making their day better, more entertaining, slightly less grey than it should be? Just on that point, I'm going to go in deeper now because I've been creating content the last four years. So would you mind just going deeper with your sort of philosophy of content creation, which people can apply on different mediums like podcasts, blogs, infographics, ebooks, webinars, live casts, you know, there's so much now. There's no excuse. Like even I say this to myself. So would you mind just digging deeper on content creating and how it supported you as well throughout your career? Totally. So content creation can be literally absolutely anything. Um, and I think the bit that most people should do is find what fits naturally to them. You don't have to do anything that everybody else has done. You can find that bit that suits you. So Ed, for you, it's podcast. Like you are so eloquent in the way that you describe and you analyze and you are able to kind of deliver that this way. I'm sure we have multiple other channels, but I think people need to get really comfortable with what they like and what they do. Um, when I first started, because I'd done a graphic design degree, it was very much about live um, events that were happening, often spoken, and often females giving their opinions. I would sit kind of um, in these amazing conversations, and then I would design what they were saying and almost give them back to them. So, Ed, you've literally just said something fascinating. I would jot that down, I'd design it to make it look spectacular, and I'd be like, Thank you very much for the conversation that we've just had. Here's my piece of design that captures you. And it was something that I could do at speed. It was something that I was very comfortable in doing. But it also paid respect to the person who was speaking. And it gave me a way of talking to them. And that was a very small piece of content creation that kind of really started my journey into She Says and community building. Um, so the best way, and I do still stick with um, being entertaining or being useful. And I think education and information sit in that useful bucket. And then entertainment, I think there are moments when we are absolutely overloaded, but there are also moments where you can be entertaining in a very mindful way, or you can entertain somebody with something really purposeful. Um, I've just just reading an amazing book at the minute about designing happiness. And it says that there's a spectrum between um, purpose and um, almost like frivolous passion, if you will. And you can dial that up and down. You don't always have to be purposeful. You can kind of enjoy the pleasure side of it, but know at which point you sit and when and be okay with it. Um, I'm often kind of, a lot of my colleagues say I'm very purpose-driven. I want to make a difference in this world. And sometimes I have to swing to the other leg and kind of go, okay, bit of pleasure on this one. We'll just make something fun. That's amazing. I love that sort of metaphor of looking at things, particularly on happiness. Like, may I ask how, like, I'm going back to Otkin because I just know, I've interviewed a few people who work there and it's, you know, it's a, a, a well-established company. So how do you find that happiness within your role? without looking at the pressure of the role, if that makes sense. There's a lot that goes with, 
um, pressure. And I was just watching uh, the amazing Netflix piece that's come out recently, The Playbook, which is around coaches' life advice. Great, right? And in there, one of the coaches said, pressure is privilege. That was the line that I loved. And you're right, like, you've earned your stripes to be here, to sit in this position. Like, the pressure is a privilege. And the the funny bit with creativity is you almost have to de-shackle yourself from that. Because what we do is we look at life in an entertaining way. So at Oxygen, what I try to build for my creative teams is very much diverse thinking. Um, I've got an amazing team from all over the world but also try to give them a space that they don't have to worry um, because it's about getting safety and security. If I can give them security to be um, open, to put ideas on the table that they never normally would, to be authentic with how they feel, then they're going to come up with more and more magic. And for me, that's my job. My job is to give safety and security so that they can kind of be crazy. (laughs) Just from a leadership perspective, not the craziness, but just from a leadership perspective running a team, how do you try and manage that? Because sometimes creativity, people can't visualize it or they can't hear that idea. I hope this all makes sense. I'm going into senses now, something I've been trying to do with my content. But with your ideas with these big campaigns, how do you try and get everybody on the same hymn sheet? Or do you have to sort of play it by ear and let it mold gradually that everybody's all on board? I hope this makes sense from a creative standpoint. Totally. Um, Actually, funnily enough, the book that we were talking about earlier, the Creative Superpowers book, it has a theory that there's four parts to it. You're a a hacker, a maker, a teacher, or a thief. I bring that up because for me and my team, we use a lot of references. So it's almost the idea of, oh, what if we could take the amazing like banali um, waterfall kind of exhibition and we could marry that up with a football player dribbling or oh have you seen this new technology of kind of um, binaural audio could we take that inside a football stadium but then we need to pair it with a blind fan and all of these like different pieces right that come together as part of the puzzle so I tend to try and ask my creatives to go wild on their first round of thinking. So we literally do 100 boxes. If you, you need to go until you've exhausted every thought you could possibly get, and then you whittle down and you narrow, and then you bring the references. So could we kind of take this street art graffitiist and marry them up with kind of an exponential this size or... And once you start putting pieces on the table and make sure that you've got that strong kind of idea to it, then you can start getting people to buy in. Um, but it is very it is very much about like writing that correct story. And that story is different for different types of people. So I have to write story for one idea. I have to write a, an A and B and a C depending on who I'm presenting to. Because are you a data-driven person and you need to see this? Are you an ROI money-focused thing? Are you are you creatively inclined or are you kind of somebody who's slightly pessimistic about the world? And for each person, the same idea can, can be told, but with enough tweaks that gets their buy-in. Wow, I find this fascinating, and I hope the listeners are enjoying this chat. Just with regards to that book, that chapter you contribute, because it's a brilliant chapter, there will be a link to get a copy. May I ask what inspired you to write this chapter? Like you talked about She Says, which was actually an amazing way of how you elevated yourself with that network community, with those quote cards. 
may I ask just, could you just share a little snippet of what inspired you to write this book chapter and reflecting now how these, like there's the Heineken campaign, how you integrated with the music, like what did you learn by writing that chapter? So the chapter is on making and I'm a real big maker. Like I constantly am busy and I'm constantly iterating. So I'm putting this piece with this piece and I'm trying this out and I'm moving this over here mentally and physically. Um, And I think the biggest learning I had by, so writing a chapter in a book is a really good thing to do because it organizes your thoughts and you have to be very sort of articulate about how you feel somebody from an art background it can be very daunting putting that amount of words together so I think it's a challenge for everybody and they should give it a go the biggest outtake I got from that is um I'm I think I'd always thought about like what what were the different things I had in my toolkit what what were the things that I wanted to sort of like own if you will and, and like my method of making and so writing the chapter allowed me to really kind of lay, lay that out, I think. And when I was just previously talking about the references that I t- talk with my creatives about, it's exactly the same. It's like, what have you got in your toolkit? What are the things that you've seen that you can pull from? And the lovely part of right now is that's diverse thinking. So you don't necessarily need to be kind of surround yourself with constantly overstimulated all the time, but you need to analyze what you do look at. So what was the film that you watched last night and what can you take away from the camera angle that you saw in there? All right, we'll store that in my toolkit. Like what's that song that you heard through your friend of a friend of a friend who they play live and they bash it out on a surfboard? Okay, that's possible. I'll put that in my toolkit. And you just build up this wonderfully rich sort of toolkit of, ah, do you know what? We should do we should talk to this spoken word artist because I saw them over here. Or what was that footballer that could do that trick shot? Oh, how do we use that over here? So I think looking at everything you see and taking the moment to analyze it, understand it, and then like keep it locked in there in a, in a, in a succinct way, that was probably kind of my biggest learning of what I wanted to share with others. Man, I'm enjoying this conversation. There, there is one quote I've taken from your chapter, which really inspired me, and you've related it, but you said this, creating artwork is to understand what to delete. Could you just explain that quote? Because I think that's really powerful. Well, I think it, I think it does. <laughs> totally. It's a, it was actually one of the things one of my first bosses taught me, um, an awesome guy, Damon Stapleton, and he was basically like, once you've made something, push it as far as you can to take away all of the other stuff that you don't need. Because the more succinct you can be in communicating what you need to, the more the world will understand you. Awesome. No, I'm, look, I feel like a, a geek listening to you because you're really testing me, even with this podcast showing how I can elevate or take back. But just going back to your career now, out of interest, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career journey looking back right now? So I have something called story hunting and story hunting is the opportunity to go and look for real human true stories. And I think the sports world has allowed me to do that. And that's something that I will forever want to do time and time again, because like there are 7 billion people on this planet and there are so many fascinating stories in all of them that I'm always intrigued to go and find them. Now, my privilege that I'm allowed to 
look for them, but then retell them in a really novel way, in a way that fans have never heard them or people have never seen before. Like that's the magic for me. Just on storytelling, how can a student listening to this use their story to elevate themselves when putting themselves in the market? So I'm a bit old school. I don't think the CV and cover letter in today's society is effective, but I think now your story is more effective of how you connect. Like there's one thing I love to do is I like to share my listeners how I connected with my special guest because it relates to the networking. It relates with sort of how things are done. Uh, Lizzie was on the World Football Summit. I watched her on one of the panel sessions, which is all about personal branding in the football industry with athletes. Straight away, I went, I've got to connect with this sports professional on LinkedIn. And I bought her book straight away because I mentioned in the message on LinkedIn that I read your chapter. And look, we are here doing it. So just on that point, because I sort of did some homework of what you've achieved with your story, how can the listeners use their story to elevate them? I mean, I think you've hit a few different points in that kind of summary, because I think there's one element of don't be afraid to reach out to people. Um, Do your homework for sure, but also like we're all just human. Like I am the same person as like Elon Musk or as kind of all of these amazing people. We are human. And I think um, for me, I'm a real kind of person that doesn't like the hierarchy of this world. I feel we can we can cross boundaries and barriers. Um, and that is some of that is thanks to the digital world. So I think there's something wonderful about having the opportunity that you can reach out to different people. Um, and, and without wanting to sound like too heavy, just just know a bit about who you are. Like, Ed, you're obviously a person that is kind of quite charismatic, quite understanding, quite energetic, quite kind of, um, you're very curious. And actually, curiosity is a really great thing because it means that you want to go and find people and you want to kind of understand their story as well as yours. And I think by embracing that, by embracing who you are and really getting to grips with a little bit of it, that can really help you take that step forward. But ultimately, always apply a creative lens to everything. So like, if you're writing a five-line email, how can you do it in a creative way that nobody else has thought about? Like, how can you change it from a five-line email to a homemade gift that actually shows a better side of you? Like, what are those, what's the real kind of key message that you need to get across? And then how can you do it in a novel way that nobody's ever seen before? There's a challenge. Wow. I hope you're taking notes. I hope you're taking notes, everybody, because honestly, that's what I did starting out really quickly. I used to get a PowerPoint, put music in the background, audio message on, but it took ages, but I did about 50 for my first podcast guest and it worked, but it took a lot of time. Thankfully, there's now better tools where you can do it with just click of a record button. But seriously, everybody, please listen to what Lizzie just said. If you learn that one thing of communication and messaging when reaching out, the better you're going to be when building that network building meaningful conversations and I can't wait to see this conversation grow Lizzie like literally I love the bit when you said there's no hierarchy yes there's got to be hierarchy with regards to like a business and sort of delegation but when you're dealing with people people are people and and honestly I love by you sharing that because sometimes for students who don't have the confidence reaching out if you can get past that barrier magic things happen but look Lizzie I'm at a great stage where I love to finish with an inspirational question and you've provided bags of bags of advice but I would love you just to share your three tips in how university students can really kickstart their career today in the sports industry what would those three tips be three tips um 
have an idea. So with today's tools, as you say, the world of digitization, you can um, make anything and start anything. We've seen the rise of Kickstarter. So have an idea and try it, make it, do it. Like, what is it in the world that you want to make something a little bit more interesting, something a little bit more powerful? Do you want to change something? Do you want to, do you want to just make a cool community of people that love sneakers that only have ice cream laces like you can go so niche on this stuff but have an idea and you'll often talk to people in job interviews more about that idea than you will about your the things you've done in your career so far because you're new to it right have an idea second one would be be willing to take a risk like if you're going to put yourself out there put yourself out there and i mean calculated risks but there was a an amazing woman in new york who after the fearless girl statue happened she painted herself in gold and stood outside the McCann building who made the fearless girl statue I was like hi me I'm a fearless girl I mean that's pretty bold and pretty brazen I'm not saying everybody should paint themselves gold but it was pretty impactful um and then third one yeah be novel be interesting be oh I haven't seen that before I haven't heard that before so it's my advice amazing out of interest, how can people interact with you on social media? Um, I've actually been really quiet on social media, to be honest. However, LinkedIn, um, you can find me, Lizzie Hamer. Um, otherwise, Instagram, I will be back on there soon, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm instant busy on that one, I think. Awesome. To all the listeners listening in, those two links may be on my website related to this blog post. Lizzie, it's been such a pleasure jamming with you on the mic today. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, mate. I appreciate it. Wow, what an unbelievable podcast chat with Lizzie. I think you know I enjoyed it during the interview with her, but I hope you enjoyed it and found it helpful as well because, honestly, there were times I felt like a geek. I felt like a kid in a candy shop because it's so great to have a conversation with people who elevate you, and Lizzie's certainly done that. And I hope some of the learning lessons she shared with you during this podcast and how you can be more creative, you've got some thoughts right now in how you can elevate yourself, elevate the work you're currently doing, or even if it's the simplest things of just reaching out to people in a creative way to make you stand out. I just hope you had your pen and paper with you and you've drawn a few notes in where you're going to put Lizzie's advice and put it into action. That's the next step. And there's a few areas I'm going to do uh, for sure. Like for me, it's the the exercise she does with her team in how to be more creative, like the 100 boxes. I just think that's such a brilliant exercise to really think, get out your comfort zone and, and think differently. I think... Now, modern marketing, it's all about the story, which Lizzie mentioned. It's all about the emotion. It's all about that sort of vulnerability, but also making a deep connection in who you're marketing to. And I think that's really powerful in today's society, not just in marketing, but how we market ourselves. Now, from a sports career development perspective, I really do hope you put those three sports career tips from Lizzie right at the end and put them into action because this is how we make things happen. So put them into action today and really focus on how being a bit more creative can get the results you're looking for with regards to your sports career development today. But again, you're going to make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from a guest speaker. Lizzie said, don't be shy when you reach out to people. They're human like you. But when you do reach out, be brave and be creative in how you communicate because the key is grabbing their attention.